Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Welcome to Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. We are looking at uh, Joseph, and we see that uh, he's in Egypt right now, and he is before the Pharaoh. We talked about the prediction of the famine when this is God um, allow this famine to come, and that this thing is a part of God's plan. Let me explain to you why. In Genesis, uh, God had made a promise to um, to uh, our father, Father Abraham, as they said, the father of faith, the Bible calls him. And he tells Abraham that he's going to deliver his people out of bondage, that they will be in bondage. And um, uh, this is how, you know, God, uh, foreseeing the future, he knew that this was going to happen, and he made a promise to him. And this is how that promise will be fulfilled. The Bible talks about God's word will go forward and it will accomplish what he will. And so we uh, spent a little while ago and talk about uh, God uh, designing a plan to deliver you. And I think you guys should listen to that some more and meditate on the truth that is within that because it's a powerful, powerful story that God, the Bible tells us that God has uh, many plans for your life. He has already designed many plans and these plans were designed before you were born before the foundation of the earth, the Bible tells us. So before everything that was created, he had his blueprint, or if you want, I was training in the corporate world, his business plan. And his business plan was motivating him, uh, driven by love. And so uh, we are getting a chance to witness God's business plan come to pass, if you will. And we are looking at different, um, uh, we're looking at different uh, places to get this story. We're looking at the Bible. We're looking at uh, the book of Josephus. We're looking at um, the book of Asher. We're looking at the legend of the Jews. Uh, we're looking at other writings as well that I pull out to grab and bring so that we can enjoy a better picture. Because the Bible just gives us the highlights, if you will. The book of Asher goes behind the scene. The legend of the Jews, of course, will have a little more um imagery and flowery stuff within it, and it doesn't uh, take away from the truth, the central truth of the Bible, and so that is why I read it and I enjoy that, because the central truth of the Bible is that God is our deliverer, even in the harshest of time, and we see it through Joseph's uh, life, and that God is in control. The Bible tells us that the heart of the king is in the hand of our God, and so it is like a river that he moves to a 
accomplish his will. So uh, we have to learn how to wait on the Lord, as the scripture says. And there are so many benefits to waiting on the Lord. But as we look at this particular story and extract from all these different writings, we see that uh, we last stopped. He was before Pharaoh. He was explaining his dream, uh, Pharaoh's dream to him. He tells him about the famine and the, the length of the famine. And then uh, he goes into this dissertation as to tell him what he needed to do in order to prevent his people and the surrounding areas from starving in this time. And so as he begins to let Pharaoh know what to do, um, he tells Pharaoh that you need to appoint a man and this man needs to do this. He said, in, let's go to Genesis chapter 41 and we will pick up in uh, 33. It says, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man of discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seventh plenteous year and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And so he begins to give them some advice on what he thinks needs to, um, you know, needs to go down. And so uh, I wanted to uh, go back a little and uh, tell you guys in the book of the legend of the Jews, when uh, he came and he started interpreting the dream of Pharaoh, Pharaoh was a little skittish about it. And so uh, he tells Pharaoh, he says, um, he added a couple of other information. He says, yeah, your wife is pregnant and she is going to have a son and so forth at this time and whatever as an additional proof to show you that what I'm saying about your your dream is true. And so when Pharaoh's wife gave birth and all that stuff, that came back to him and um, he was able to believe what was said. Because you remember his men, uh, his wise men, we're trying for a while. And so uh, I just wanted to put that in there. So we see this young man, again, he's 1920 around that, um, that God designed a plan in his life to um, get him out of his situation in order for God to fulfill his promise that he made to Abraham. And this is what I wanted to mention to you. There's this thread that God has made some promises, and the Bible says that God's promises are yea and amen, and that none of them um, come back to him empty-handed. I did a study on that recently in my podcast, uh, Blueprint of Faith, that talks about that. He says, as the rain and the snow falls on the ground and they do certain things. They they uh, nourish the earth and uh, plants and they produce. So is the word of God. It, when it falls, it doesn't return back to heaven like the rain. And so it, it goes and seeks out um, to accomplish what God wants. And so we see that God, his word is seeking out to accomplish. He created this plan. He had it, you know, and yet 
Even though this man, Joseph, was in there, his character held, and God promises that he will reward and he will bless the righteous. And those that are walked by faith, the scripture tells us, those are righteous people. And so as this young man begins to tell um, Pharaoh about um, how to manage the, the years, the good years and the bad years, it tells us that in the Bible, we're still here in verse 36, 37 of chapter 41, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one at this a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has shown you all this, there is none so discreet and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according unto your word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it unto Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put on gold chains about his neck. So before those wrappers were hanging on, we see the wrappers today uh, back in the 80s and 90s with their gold chain. There was this young man called uh, Joseph and the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So those uh, wrappers of, of the 80s and 90s. 90s. They didn't have nothing on this boy, on this brother, if you will, um, Joseph, that was arrayed with all of his chains given by the king. So let's look into this a little and see what's going on here, because there's a lot of truth built into this particular aspect of what we're looking at. And we see this young man a little while ago. He was in prison. He was still serving God in the dark times. And I've talked to you guys about the... Um, what we call the um, uh, prosperity preachers, uh, many of them need to study this this life because he wasn't prosperous in the sense of wealth and all that type of stuff. There's a different type of pro uh, uh, prosperity that I keep telling people about. There's a spiritual aspect. There's prosperity and wisdom, prosperity in in the intangibles that of material things that you see, but they are tangible in character. And one would want to take those tangible things in character and be prosperous in those over material things because what happens to you is that when your character is right and the prosperity comes, you will then know what to do with your prosperity. You won't hoard it for yourself and you would be able to give it to families and, and people that you have been fleecing for many years and to set those families free. Your character would be right and then you would be able, I hear those guys talk about giving and giving and uh, they just extract um, from people constantly. But I've never heard them talk about the year of Jubilee. I hear a few talk about it, but it's only for, um, you know, with you and stuff like that. But I'm talking about the year of Jubilee where they take some of their wealth and begin to free people outside of their family realm. The ones that are sitting in their church that they call their members. It talks about that. When you pay off all of their bills and set those families free and 
teach them how to manage their wealth and their money and so that they can become uh, also wealthy. And that's one of the, th the things about the church that upsets me. You have all this wisdom, these men and women that are bankers and, and all these other things sitting in the front row, if you will. And they need to, none of them have classes where they, free classes, don't start charging people, free, free classes for all the members and make sure that it's a mandatory thing if you want to be a part of this church so that you can have wisdom how to come out of debt, how to manage your money, how to be effective in that area so you can be effective leader for your family and your church and your community and change this world. These people are playing um, around with the gospel. We have work to do. But let's go back to this story about this young man. And you and I are in situations and we are in the dark places, but I want to encourage you about those dark places. In those dark places, God is working on your character when you're having those dark times. He's working on, a, on your character. Allow him to work on your character so that when the blessing manifests, that you will know how to use it correctly. And allow the word, the Bible tells us, the psalmist says, I have stored up my your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so as we are looking at this young man, we see that God was preparing him for this particular role. He had to learn patience. He had to learn long-suffering. He had to learn all of these things personally within himself so that he can then um, show that kindness, that same amount of comfort that he had received from God while he was in jail, that he can now do the same to the people that he is going to be over as God has prepared him to become a leader. And so many of you are at work, you're struggling and want to know what's going on or whatever, but I want you guys to stay faithful to God because God is interested in promoting you in the marketplace. Get yourself ready. Allow the word of God to build on your character because your promotion is coming. And I, I release promotion in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that are listening to, to this uh, teaching, I release it in the name of Jesus. Um, and I, I just feel led to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And I call you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for those that are listening that are in their situation at work and uh, looking to start a business. I call upon the, your power to be released on their behalf and cause this promotion to happen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, and I thank you, Lord God. And okay, we're going back into this young man's Pharaoh's life. As I mentioned, I wanted to talk to you about his preparation for this position that God had in place. And so God in that space. Remember, this guy didn't go to school. He wasn't hanging around that many people because he was a young man when his brothers sold him. Who he was hanging out with, though, was God. He was hanging out with God. And God, the Bible tells us, if you lack wisdom, come and I'll give you some. And so he said he gives it liberally. I give it out freely. And um, you just have to come and get it. So this guy, Joseph, was hanging out with God. He was hanging out with Jesus. He was talking with him while he was in his dark time, and God was working on him, giving him and releasing wisdom into his uh, mind and his spirit, his soul, and so forth. And so, as he began to become wise 
and he became, um, the blessing is also on him. The Bible tells us that the blessing is on you and I because we are part of the Abrahamic uh, covenant. And so we have this blessing as well. And so we see this young man is being prepared, if you will. And there's one thing I wanted to read to you. And again, I'm here in the Bible right now. And we see that as he began to release the wisdom that is necessary in order for him to, for Pharaoh to follow the instruction of this young man, Pharaoh looks and says, you are that man. And so um, he was being prepared in his dark time for this promotion that God is bestowing upon him as a result of his obedience while he was going through all of that stuff with Potiphar's wife when he was thrown into jail and so forth. And um, let's take a look at, uh, um, in, we're going to just briefly, I want to shoot over to another uh, place and uh, get some info, some additional information. So we see here upon the king wondered at the discretion and wisdom of Joseph and asked him by which means he might dispense the foregoing plentiful crop in the happy years and to make the miserable crop more tolerable. Joseph then added this, his advice, to spare the good crop and not uh, permit the, um, uh, the, you know, the bad one. He, he tells them what to do with the corn and all of these things. And so, as again, we're just getting another uh, point of view. According to Pharaoh being a surprise at Joseph, not only for his interpretation of the dream, but for the counsel he had given him, entrusted him with dispensing the corn with uh, the method of how he had described. And so, from his promotion, uh, we see that um, he he is now second in command. Pharaoh tells him that you're so powerful. The only difference between you and me is that when I'm here in the throne room, I am king. But outside of this, you are my representation. You are my, um, you're my equal in a sense. You represent me. You're as powerful as I can be. And that's a little picture. I know it's, um, you could take that and extract from it that um, the way how Jesus as the king that um, in the throne room with Father, with the Father, He is the King. But you and I are here on this earth. The Bible says we are kings and priests, um, and so we are His representation on the outside here on this earth within the kingdom of darkness while we are still here. And so, as His rep representation, we carry the same authority as the King, as Joseph carried the same authority. So when He spoke, everyone had to listen. Everyone had to be obedient. The same is with you and I. Jesus said, I have, I'm now going into the throne room because we know where he is. He's going to bear the. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. 
found is in, in his throne. And he says, I, you are my representation here on earth. He says, all power has been given to me, by the way, uh, in heaven and in the earth. And what I'm going to do with this power is just give it over to you. And because I'm going up to the Father. And guess what? I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you some help. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to come down. He's going to lead you in all truth. He will empower you uh, so you don't have to anymore as they did in the old covenant. Wait on the Holy Spirit to come upon them. You know that we see is in Samson. When Samson would pray and ask God uh, to let his spirit call upon him so that he would be mighty. And so the Bible tells us that this spirit now lives in you and I. And as this spirit lives on you and I, we don't have to. Um, we are already mighty. And so we have to then walk as kings, as Joseph did. He walked as a king. He administered the law, the rule, the judgment, all of it as a king. And so we do the same in the spirit realm while we are here on this planet Earth. But God God gave him wisdom. That's one of the things that I wanted to do. When you spend time with God, you get a couple of gifts that you come out with. And those gifts are necessary in the preparation of that promotion that you have. He needed wisdom. He began to talk to Pharaoh and began to uh, show him the wisdom. And he needed all of these other principles that I told you that in intangible as far as the materialistic things. But once you learn all of those character things, it'll bring all the others. So as we go back, we see now that Pharaoh um, gives him this authority, dresses him up with some chains around his neck, some gold chains. I love that. So as I said, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. So those rappers are just copying this boy, um, Joseph. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they um, cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. That is the authority that God, Jesus Christ, has given to us. He has made us rulers through him, his representation on this planet. We are the rulers of this kingdom of darkness because he tells us, all power is given to me, and I'm going to give it to you so that you can walk around as a king and get my work done. Because he says, I want you to go in the highways and byways, lay hands on the sick and you to go and speak to those that are in the kingdom of darkness that the Bible calls the sons of disobedience and because we don't know who they are he tells us how to act he says I want you to love them regardless of what they do if they hurt you I want you to pray for them because you know the Bible tells us that God uh, it pleases God to bring justice on those who trouble me so I got somebody that's watching my back as he say and so he then gets you and I prepared for the promotion and seek God while you're in your dark places so that he can direct you as to all of those intangibles which are tangible and when you look at it that you need to apply to yourself so that you can be prepared for your promotion and I'm calling it in that 2023 is your year your year of deliverance your year of breakthrough and that God will show himself mighty 
on your behalf for you and your family all of these folks that were looking at you as a mystery god will show you he will bring recompense into your life and they will recognize and know that you are god i just want you guys to remember to give him the glory so that they will know who brought you and gave you that promotion so we see as uh, this young man is in his second chariot he's in a place of authority and pharaoh is riding him around showing him to all the people like jesus does with you and i the bible says he went to where lucifer and his cohorts were he made an open show he stripped him naked of all of his authority all of his power and then he came up and gave it to us and he is bragging on you and i while he's there god bragged on job god brags on us god bragged on abraham he will brag on you as well he's gonna say have you seen my servant and um, lucifer is gonna say yeah but you're protecting him and god says have you seen my servant so that means that god is looking looking at you and God is bringing uh, and Satan is also looking at you. So we see that this aspect of these young men that Pharaoh gave him his promotion he's driving him around so that all the people would know that this man is my representation and I have given him authority over all the land. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph in verse 44, I am Pharaoh and without you shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name and he gives him another name. And so the Bible tells us that um, you and I, um, uh, once we get this promotion, God begins to change our name as well. And if you look at Abraham, God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. And Abraham was his name that God wanted him to be the father of many nations. You see that when God gives you this promotion, he doesn't give you all that. There's a spiritual name change that takes place within you. And he, but when we look at Pharaoh, Pharaoh begins um, to cha- he changed his name. He gave him his daughter um, as a, as a wife, and all of these things. And we know that uh, this young man, for his faithfulness to God, God is now being faithful to him. And so we see that he begins to do and implement the plan that he had uh, instituted in the seventh year. And in the seventh year, plenteous year, the, the earth brought forth by a handful, and he gathered up all the food of the seventh year, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid upon the foot in the cities the, foot, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same manner, the same way. And Joseph gathered corn, and it tells us uh, all of the things that he did. And uh, he begins to have a family um, in after he began to uh, uh, institute his plan. And he's walking in authority. His family life is good. He has a wife. He's married. And we see that um, his wife bears him a son. And uh, Joseph calls his firstborn Manasseh. For God said, He has made me forget all my toils and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be faithful in the land of my affliction. And so we see this relationship. And and I named my sons their names because I went to God. Because I know that the name 
houses aspects of one's personality. My name, when uh, Ken, houses aspects of my personality, and I could see it clearly as I did some research about names. And so when my children were born, I have five boys, and when my children, my son Jonathan was born, my firstborn son, I remember being in the hospital and they're like, what is his name? And I said, I don't know yet. And so they had, um, they put boy Primus on there. And so I went home, my wife and, and my son are in the hospital. I went home, I pulled out the Bible. I began to pray to God. I said, thank you for my son. I need a name for him. And, um, I felt impressed to name my son Jonathan. And so Jonathan, I, I, I told the Lord, thank you. I felt that name just dropped into my my spirit and and um, so I named him Jonathan but um, my favorite I was a track star track runner and one of my favorite um, track star was this um, Englishman uh, Sebastian uh, Coe who was uh, he broke the mile record and so I named his middle name um, Jonathan Sebastian and um, I remember going to the hospital the following day uh, I think it was two days after um, that I got the name I remember um, I went to the hospital my mom calls me and she said, I've been praying and God told me that um, your that his name is Jonathan. And I said, yeah, I know. He told me and I, I'm here to let them know. And so God, um, he, he it tells us that he does things so that he, um, you know, he conforms uh, uh, what he, he promised. And so my mom called me while I was in the hospital and I told them. I did this very same for each one of my, my children and God gave me each and every one of their names and every one of them for the first three days in the hospital were uh, boy primus and the nurses actually uh, they would make fun of me um, because every time I remember when my uh, third son was born everyone looked at me and says oh we know what to do you know and they put the boy and uh, you know they knew that um, you know I would always come back several days later with the name so I went into that story just to tell you guys that names are important and that's why you need to go before God and talk to him and he can extract some of his your character out of your name into your life so that you can bring that aspect of your calling because you're labeled that way on this earth and there's aspects in that name that he wants to manifest in your life it's really important and so we see uh, Pharaoh gives this young man authority. He gives him a wife, changes name. He's having children. He is implementing the wisdom that God has given him for his promotion and all is well. We see the first seven year comes. He's, um, he's storing up things. And then in verse um, 54 of 41, we see the beginnings of the hard times. And there will be hard times in your life. Don't don't be afraid of the hard times. God says, I will walk with you in the river and it will not overflow you. I will walk with you in the desert. And it. let me let me tell you guys something about this God that we're serving. The children of Israel, they come out and we're going to get to that aspect. They come, they came out of the, um, the uh, Egypt from this 400 plus years of uh, slavery. 
And being on that, in that time frame, they're programmed to behave a certain way. And so God now has to take them and begin to unprogram them to the lifestyle of the Egyptians. How did he do that? He introduced the Ten Commandments. These are principles to guide this group of people now that have been programmed for 400 plus years to, to think and live like these Egyptians who are contrary. Their whole lifestyle is contrary to God. So God had to implement and put and came back by bringing this guidelines to govern the mind and to change the mind of these people that have been programmed. They are just complaining from the day they were released all the way through. They went into the desert complaining. The first place we saw where they were complaining was at the Red Sea. And then um, God provided a way for them. The next time we see them, we see them complaining all over. Moses went to get the direction from God. He comes down. They're starting, they were behaving crazy. Um, Aaron built a calf and they're doing the stuff that they were accustomed to do in Egypt. They were partying and having uh, other gods. And God is up there talking to Moses thou shalt not have any other god besides me. And he begins to put down all of the rules and regulations that they are now to govern their lives and behavior by because they were in an unruly land. So they complain all the way through. They complain about food. And when God was feeding them about, um, they were eating manna from heaven. They were getting special stuff. God was preparing special this. And after that, they're like, ah, we tired of this man we need something else you know god they start complaining complaining god got so angry that he brought quail to them that was from miles in the desert if you look at the scripture the quail was laid out for miles he says i'll give you guys so much meat you won't even know what to do with it they were coming out their ear with me they complained about water he just smashed it they made moses got so angry that he hit the rock twice when God had instructed him to hit it once because of their complaining. And because of his anger, um, they drove this man nuts that he didn't make it into the promised land as a result of this. And so I'm telling you these stories to tell you that even all of those people in their rebelliousness, God still provided all of their needs. That's his character. He can't help himself. But you and I are called to trust that he loves us so much that we don't have to go and into the realm of complaining. We just trust him that he will do it. And as we trust him, the Bible tells us he will do it. And he does it in pleasure. He, he enjoys it. But when we complain, the Bible tells us that those type people will never get to the promised land. He looked at them. He says, you're going to spin around in this desert for 40 years and the, um, the the promised land was just a couple of weeks out of that desert and they were there for 40 years. God said, every one of you who were complainers, I can't work with you. I need to get out. You need to die, basically. And he waited until the last of them die out of that generation, Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb was 80-something years old and he said, let's go and kick these giants butt because they are sitting on my stuff. And those boys went and took out the descendants of the Nephilim as a result. So 
We're even going to get back into all of those stuff. But I wanted to show you that God will promote you, but he, you, you, you have to go through some stuff and some hard times, but he is preparing you in the hard times. Allow him to do it. Don't um, be a complainer. Be one that trusts him and wait upon the Lord because, as I said, there are benefits in waiting on the Lord. What is he doing? He's working on people's hearts so that he can bring all of your stuff together. He has to orchestrate things. He had to orchestrate some dreams to get Pharaoh to bring out um, Joseph out of his uh, uh, prison. And so God is orchestrating things behind the scenes because he already has, he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and to give you hope. So that means he's already done it. The Bible tells us he our plans for us are like the sand of, uh, on the seashore. So he got all your information. He knows all of it. And you need to work on your character. Let him work on you and he will promote you. So um, I want to thank you, all of you who are walking with me on this journey, because I love talking about God. I love the Bible, but I wanted to bring a different spin to it than what we have been sitting in church all this time and, um, you know, getting just tidbits. I wanted to get a full picture uh, with some more information so that when I listen and read from the Bible, I am reading it and I'm excited because I know some other stuff that was happening at the same time while I read the Bible. And so that's my purpose. And it is not to distract from the principle that the Bible talks about, because the principle is that God loves us. He cares. He's invested in us and he will be with us no matter where we are. And his goal is that we would come out and that we would be promoted and that we would continue and be faithful to him. The Bible tells us that you and I or to recognize who we are. And I said this, uh, you know, saying to you guys, we have to learn who we are so that we can become effective and change this world. Thank you for listening to Mystery Bible. Let's walk through the Bible and learn of God and His beautiful mercies and all that He has provided for us that we may become effective for his kingdom and change this world. Check in every week for a new episode.